Thought Bubble Audio. To our show about the things we love and the things we hate and the things we love to hate. And let me just tell you right now, right here and now, this is a show we hate. Yeah, apologies to Nick Nick 2015, um, our reviewer who very nicely said recently that they like it when we like stuff. Because um, we didn't like this one. <laughs> we approached this topic with the curiosity that yes. Ted Lasso asks of us. Lots of curiosity. We gave it we gave it a chance to tell us who it is. And then it told us who it is. <laughs> it sure did. Yeah. 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 So before we dive in, yeah. Do you have a quark war? Um I think the only um the only thing I've really participated in media-wise this week has been the um, House of Sussex news cycle. <laughs> this has been our core core for three weeks. <laughs> I feel like, though, it's, like, it's hit so my happy. timeline in, like, a special way. And, and, like, I right now have this, like, rare position of prestige where, like, my Twitter uh-huh. right now is better than Kelsey's. Uh-huh. And I am just fucking gatekeeping. I'm so grateful. To I never get to be do. the gatekeeper in this relationship, and I'm so excited right now. It is really a gift that you're bringing to my feed. Yeah, I'm not only curating some quality content, but I am for sure curating some volume. Yeah, like every couple hours when I can detach from work enough to go into my DMs, <laughs> I have a little like feed just for me. <laughs> things selected to make me happy and it's just a delight i'm the algorithm now you are (laughs) so okay so you've been in sussex land yes what have you been up to well i should note that it's march 3rd in case anything weird happens (laughs) that's fair point in time reference yeah Prince Philip is alive, we think. Yes. Last we knew, <laughs> Prince Philip was alive, and there was only a little gossip about Meghan Markle killing him. It had not become the narrative yet. Yeah. We foresee it happening, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, do I have a cor- I have a corkwar! Ooh! I really didn't think I did, but I do. Um, last night, we started watching Stanley Tucci's Searching for Italy. Oh boy. And it's as perfect as everyone said it is. (laughs) That's exciting. I saw an article about travel TV in a time of, like, COVID travel restrictions that was talking about that show and Men in Kilts. (laughs) I was going to say, did you see the article on Sam Hewitt's Instagram story? Was that on his Instagram? Yeah. I don't don't know anymore. Um, I thought I saw it from Vulture, but... It could be. I mean... It's all interchangeable in my brain. It's all the wide world of content. Yeah. I'm happy with the travel genre we're getting right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I loved a wine show, which has been taken off of Hulu or Prime or wherever we watched it. Yeah. I never Upsetting. finished it. 
Same, we had like one episode left that we were saving. Oh, that's so cruel. It's gone right now. If they do a Brojex on it and it disappears, I'm going to be so fucking mad. No, I could probably watch it on British TV. I just haven't tried. Mm. Anyway. As I said to you, I don't think during this podcast, but maybe during this podcast, I always think I'm going to hate a travel TV. And then I I watch a travel TV and enjoy every minute of it. And then it ends and I'm like, wow, I hate watching travel TV. And I'm like, but wait. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's so, so delightful. This one is he's going to every region in Italy and exploring their food culture. Apparently there's 20 regions. So yeah, there's a lot. Lots happening in Italy. Huge project that I'm thrilled about. And... The first one is he's in Naples and he just does, like, the margarita pizza. Mm. And it's incredible. And I was regretting, like, not eating pizza while I was watching <laughs> it. Um, we did find a place that ships in pizza from Italy. <laughs> so <laughs> that's happening in my future. There's a lot. Oh, my God. Lots going on. But I can't believe yeah. you found that and didn't share the information with me. We watched it last night. It's been all over Twitter for weeks. No, not the show, the pizza. Oh. You found a link to a fancy pizza and you didn't send it to me? <laughs> Sorry. I, I, not only can I not believe the initial wow. injustice of you not doing it, I cannot believe just now you didn't realize that's what I was putting you on blast for. <laughs> I didn't realize. Oh my god. Okay, I'm sending it to you now. It's the like... minimum order is $100. Well... I've definitely spent $100 on pizza before, so... Yeah, I mean, it's a great deal. We're going to split it with some other people, and it's going to be awesome. Mm. So, wow! I sent it to you. Thank you. Slack, you'll have it there waiting. Thank you. Sorry for the wow <laughs> injustice. I just, I can't even believe it. I thought our friendship was supposed to shine through every episode. <laughs> I'll have my people <laughs> issue a statement. <laughs> Our HR department will open an investigation <laughs> to allegations of bullying on this podcast. I cannot. Dignity at work, Kirsty. <laughs> we have a dignity at work policy. Does not apply to Megan Markle. Oh <sighs> I'm fine. We're but honestly, I just want to share a snippet of this moment in time which is that it's almost as distracting as Megxit week yes it does and have for a that, lot of Megxit energy i'm thankful <laughs> yeah i mean Except- no not because it's like unfortunate for people but i'm thankful for my experience <laughs> to, <laughs> to have this moment to consume yeah, to have Nicole Cliff, like, making an appearance. Oh it's my god, that day. was joyful. When that happened, I was like, and we are putting all the spreadsheets away for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> yep. Because Nicole Cliff is back. <laughs> <sighs> all this to say, we have a lot to talk about that isn't this show, because yes. he hates it. <laughs> Yeah. But we're going to do it. We're going to persevere because this is our brand. Yes, we're going to talk about this. Um, Calmly and rationally. Yes. <laughs> Until we get to a certain part, at which point I'm just going to <laughs> hand over the microphone. And we're just going to see what happens. 
So let me set the scene here. Okay. We learned a couple months ago that HGTV was bringing back Design Star, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is a show that I watched mm-hmm. a long time ago. I think you may have watched also. I watched it off and on. I don't know. I probably watched like one or two seasons start to finish. I watched but... like the David Bromstad season. Yeah. I, can I just say, important. I've never agreed with his taste, but I have always adored David Bromstad. Let's, okay. <laughs> Let's go on this journey. Okay, great. <laughs> David Bromstad, no one gets excited about really average homes yes. the way David Bromstad does. Truly. Like, what a find and what a person, like, million dollar listing is that the, no wrong show what's the one that he does it's the lot my lottery dream home sorry yes. yeah, 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 yeah you're right that's the anyway, one anyway i'm pulling up his wikipedia people and one like he's such a cutie a couple hundred thousand dollars and he shows them like very average homes for like two hundred thousand dollars and he's like this one is so nice isn't it like look at this kitchen you could have and he gets so into it and like good on you and he just loves it and he does them like all over um where i live at least he's always in town it's like he's six one yeah he is um he also is like the absolute king of the like home goods slash IKEA stock art. Mm-hmm. Like his mm-hmm. thing in Color Splash was that he would make a custom art for every house that he painted. Mm. Which can we just talk about the fact that like I mean he did interior design in Color Splash, but the primary like feat <laughs> of Color Splash was that he painted the walls different colors. <laughs> <laughs> and like occasionally bought a new couch uh-huh. and like you'd never get away with that in the year of our lord 2021 as evidenced by this this show we're going to introduce yeah but good on him good on him <laughs> but he would make like a custom art for yeah. every color splash house that mm-hmm. matched the color of the walls basically and it was totally like home good chic and i am just like so proud of his passion and the man, like, knows camp. Oh, yeah. Pure camp. He just knows it. It's He just it's, seems like a joyful person. He is a joyful person. And HGTV... Wow. HGTV. <laughs> <laughs> they used the medium of Design Star to find someone that they could give a very long and prosperous career to. And that's great. Yeah. So, anyway... We had no reason to question Design Star Next Gen. <laughs> no. Because plenty of the other Design Star folks have just kind of faded away, and that's, like, fine. Yeah. And so I panicked when I actually saw it was coming back. And I was like, all right, we're going to add this to the schedule. Put it on the DVR. It was 90 minutes. So I was like, uh, okay. Whatever. It's COVID time, so we can deal. <laughs> and as I started to play it, I was horrified. Yes. <laughs> and I sent increasingly panicked messages to Kiersey of like, this is bad. This is really bad. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. I've never hated anything more than this except for Downward Dog. And that is where I still stand. Yes. 
fun design star next gen yes i absolutely agree and i i mean we've watched a lot of bad content there have been a lot of panicked texts in the channel but this panicked (laughs) me the most (laughs) i was i can't even remember what day did you watch this Oh, I don't know, sometime last week. Okay. I can't remember what I was in the middle of, but something, to be sure. And I I just, every, like, few seconds was able to flip over my phone and catch a snippet of this. And I was like, yep. like is everybody okay? <laughs> it's like increasing sense of foreboding. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Which the turned out to no. be fair. What's no funny about okay. it is I... I typically, like, ask for some kind of heads up of, like, what the moment is going to be once I get to the watch. And I didn't even have to ask. They, like, introduced the thing, like, ten minutes before the point at which Kelsey panicked. And I was like, oh, Lord. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to do the thing where we talk about Design Star Next Gen. So this is a a COVID time show, mm-hmm. and I guess we'll get the COVID of it all out of the way. Yeah. I think some of, like, the most redeeming thing about the show is actually some of the COVID protocols. Some, but not all. Not all, for sure. To be sure. <laughs> I I kind of like the design lab idea, although it seems unsustainable in many ways. HGTV clearly put a lot of money yes. into this, specifically so to much money. design it for COVID time. So the design lab is like a compound that they've built where like every designer has their own little tiny house structure that's going to be where they like do their designs every week. And then there's like a some sort of facility to store all the furniture and there's like they have like a, a warehouse and a workshop and they like staff the workshop with tradespeople who can build things who double mask yes which is great and then they have like an open air place where they can huddle for elimination proceedings and discussions and stuff like that mm-hmm. so like all it seemed at first like they were really following it because like they all arrived and they were all distance they were all like 20 feet apart and like talking to each other using normal voices yeah so you wouldn't know they were like 20 feet apart but occasionally they would get Mm -hmm. a camera angle that some editor somewhere was really mad they had to include and you could just like (laughs) see them sprawled across the entire yard yeah but like what's odd is that there's i understand like the contestants themselves aren't wearing the masks but everyone else is and like okay you can assume they've done testing and i'm sure they're doing daily testing yeah Yeah. but then like the judges and the contestants go in rooms together with no masks and there's like only so far away you can be and that stuff was a little bit shady to me because you know there's also like camera people in there and yeah whatnot but and you can occasionally see like crew members both of like the production crew and of the construction crew and they're all wearing masks and there is something like very incongruent about having a contestant holding her cup of coffee and talking to a painter who's like double masked and she's not and it's like i understand maybe for eliminations or reveals or like if there were individual like key moments yeah but like i think most of the time you could mask them and it would be fine 
Well, also, like, if you're doing DIY projects and construction stuff, like, you would wear a mask anyway. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It does feel a little bit like there's a power dynamic there that is yucky. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, compared to many other COVID productions we've seen... I'm not mad about most of the things they've done. I think we're deep enough into it that a lot of the stuff I was able to just not really register. Or, like, if I did register it, I was able to just kind of ignore it. Yeah. Um, And I think some of it's clever. I still, I don't understand. So for the first challenge, which we'll get to in a minute, when they went into their design lab, it was pre-decorated. And they, like... We're going to get to that, too. we'll, We'll get to that. And they had to, like, demo it and redecorate it. So then my question is, after that challenge, is there now going to be, like, a flip period where a crew comes in and, like, renovates it again to, like, re-redecorate it? And, like, every single time it'll have to be redecorated? Or is, like, the last design a contestant does in that space the new, like, starting point for the next challenge? You know what I mean? Mm. Like I that, got the sense that it would be wiped, but I think it's more interesting to not wipe it. Yeah, well, it just seems insane to me in terms of, like, materials and labor yeah. and waste yeah. and time and budget. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I know construction materials are a drop in the bucket for an HGTV reality show. Um, but it just seems like so much effort to, like, every 24 hours have to rebuild. Because in old Design Star, it was like three wall sets on a soundstage yeah. that they had to decorate, not like yep. tiny homes. Right. Which square footage wise, it's probably not a huge budget difference, but like, it just seems like it would be more work somehow. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I don't understand how they're going to, it made sense in the first challenge. I don't understand how it's going to carry forward. Agreed. I also don't know why they made them like full homes with doors. Yes. Like, you could have still kept the three-walled model and put a roof on it and had it been, like, more open air, which would have been safer and also easier to film in, but... That's true. That's true. But instead they did tiny houses. Yeah. So many questions, so few answers. Because they did, like, previews of what's to come, and at one point they're going to build, like, a whole-ass kitchen in there. Yeah. Among other things. (laughs) <laughs> I, I wish I could answer your questions, but I will not watch another second of Design no. Star. You know, I did have gen. a moment of insanity where I was like, I definitely don't want to watch the whole season, but like, what if I watch more of this? And like, I to be clear, I am not going to watch more of this. <laughs> but there, it's a mental health hazard. Yeah, truly. But there is like a little bit of that, like, like you know how like Cheetos are engineered by corporations to have a very specific flavor profile that makes mm-hmm. you eat them even though you know they're trash? Yeah. That's a controversial opinion. Come at me. <laughs> I feel like this show is the reality show equivalent. Like wow. there was a focus group somewhere that was like you need this percent fat, this percent salt, this percent sugar, and now you have a reality show made of shit. Okay, I challenge that based on the fact that the focus group was wrong. (laughs) They often are. (laughs) Okay. So let's just, I don't even know. Should we talk about the first challenge? Is this how we're going to start? Yeah, let's go chronologically. So we're going to start. One thing I want to say as we're starting, because we're going to go chronologically, is I want to talk about the intro. 
Yeah, okay. Because this is the first time I've watched American reality TV in a while. Yeah. And every time we've covered British reality TV, we've talked about how there's not much of a lead-in. It's sort of like you get a title screen, and then it's like everybody's standing in a room, and they're like, and today we'll do our first challenge, and that's, yeah. and now we're in the show. Yeah. So this has a very long summit. Mm-hmm. Extremely long <laughs> Where every contestant has to, like, march across the meadow and greet the other person. And then there's, like, 20 minutes of everybody wooing as, like, the next person walks in. Yep. And I just forgot, even though we've talked about it a lot in the past, how much American reality TV is about the contestants trying to sell you on the idea that this is a good reality show. Yeah. (laughs) So it's the contestants being like, we love this judge and like, I love everything this judge has ever done. Mm -hmm. And this is such a good opportunity. And like, I'm just so excited to be here and the campus is so beautiful. And let's spend 20 minutes talking about the campus. And it's like, I don't give a shit. (laughs) You watch Bake Off and someone like six episodes in is like, it would really mean a lot if Prue liked my cake. (laughs) (laughs) And like, no one acknowledges the tent. Meanwhile, yeah, everybody right. has to stand there and be like, HGTV built a beautiful place and... Oh my god. Yeah. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so we meet all the people. There's ten or so. Mm, I have matter. it up here somewhere. And they're all... clearly doing the most from the get-go also the prize is still fifty thousand dollars and their own show which is what the prize was in like 2001 (laughs) so if we want to talk about like wage stagnation (laughs) raise the minimum wage on design star design star needs more progressive values Uh, anyway, I'm sorry, you were about yeah. to say. So we meet all the yes. people. They all have their talking heads, whatever. Yeah. They all f- learn that they get their little tiny houses and that's how this is going to work. And then they get assigned their first challenge. Yes. The first challenge is, surprise, your tiny house is already decorated. And you have to flip it to be a living room, dining room type situation. And I think that's the only real constraint. Uh, it has to be a living room, dining room. It has to showcase your brand. But oh, yeah. That, that's we'll right. get there. Um, but it has to showcase your brand. And um, you have to repurpose one piece of furniture that was already in the space. Mm. Thank you. And so the this was my first red mm-hmm. flag, besides the, like, overall red flag of the presentation, yeah. was the decided implication that every single room was ugly. Yes. And they were all extreme. Yes. You had your, like... Old lady, 1980s, hasn't been touched since, floral. Yeah. 
There was like a floral room. There was like a lime green room. Yeah. Um, I have an article up of some of the before and afters. It doesn't have all of them, but some of them. Um, there was like a wood panel room, I think. Hmm. They were all meant to look like some degree of dated or tacky. Yes. And a lot of like what you would find on a scary Zillow listing. There was a purple room in one of mm-hmm. them. Yeah. But like the... I just think the positioning of it was the first flag to me that this is not a show for nice people Correct. only. Because like, let's... Who was watching HGTV? People who have homes yes. like this. Absolutely. And to just go in and say, like, this is so bad. No one would ever want to live like this. We have to fix it. Well, it's it funny that you say that. I can't remember which extreme. one it was, but there was one of them where I had this reaction to it. Like, like it, it wasn't a house I would live in, but I remember looking at it and being like, it's fine. Yeah, like, it wasn't that offensive. No. Some of them were, but everyone also has their own taste, which is the right. whole point of designing things, yes. right? Which, I mean, I think, in not so many words, the show recognizes that because it is, like, an HGTV brand building exercise. And, like, they don't, we'll get to this, but they don't do a good job of, like, really explaining, um, you know, what it takes to fit into the HGTV brand. Basically, we're going to spend a lot, like most of the rest of the episode is going to be about that tension. <laughs> but um, but basically, the bottom line is that they're looking for some normie who can do Instagram minimalist shit. Right. You know? Maybe like a touch more eclectic, yeah. but same yeah. deal. Yeah, so they basically all have to demo their existing places, pick out what they're going to repurpose, and then they go shopping. And this is my second gripe. Which is, and I don't remember if this was true on the first design start, uh, but they have a sponsor tied to their furniture and decor, which is Wayfair. I think it was more episodic previously. Like, I think... Sometimes mm-hmm. there were sponsors, but I think like a whole episode or a whole challenge would be sponsored, not like the mm. warehouse for the whole season is only Wayfair inventory. Well, so my issue with that <laughs> is that Wayfair is very basic. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the breadth of, I mean, you can get weird-ass shit sure on can. Wayfair. That's their entire content strategy. Fun fact is putting weird shit in ads because people click on them. So, I get that. But, it felt like the things available in the Wayfair warehouse were all, like, one note. Yeah. Or of one sort of umbrella of aesthetic. And so, these people were all kind of like, oh, everything I would pick is already taken, or like kind of working with what they had. And if that's the story for the whole season, like you're going to be hard pressed to kind of like show your own design skill. If you can't even pick out furniture that matches it. Like I have a hard time going on Wayfair and I have basic ass furniture in my house and finding things that I want. So like, I can't imagine. Yeah. Just having an endless supply of Wayfair. I mean, you and I went to the Wayfair store and it was was a challenge. 
It was challenging. It was very challenging. Well, because most of Wayfair is like this sort of watered down, like semi mid century modern inspired, but like not really. Again, just like normie playing in the middle shit. It's the it's Walmart like, of furniture. Yeah. <laughs> and like everything is all trying to play to as many people as possible. And so it's just like a big mishmash of plain looking things that sometimes have fun colors so that you feel like you're special buying your $200 couch. They would have been better off partnering with Target. True. At least has dedicated lines for dedicated aesthetics. True. So that was a negative for yep. me. I'm sure they'll find plenty to work with. It just seems like a missed opportunity. That's the challenge, Kelsey. They have to take what they're given and bend it to their design will. If Wayfair was smart at all, <laughs> they would have opened it up to all of their different sub-brands. Yeah. And, like, you would have had an all-modern week, yeah. and you would have had a Jocelyn Main yeah. week, and this is all my free work Although for All-modern and Jocelyn Main are basically the same inventory. They're all the same, but they're trying to distinguish... They don't do a good job of ...their it. brands. Correct. I've told them that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have contacts on the inside. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, anyway, if I were Wayfair, and I were smart... <laughs> I would try to use this opportunity to distinguish my indistinguishable yes. brands. Yes. That's all I'm saying. I feel like it's probably just, like, all of their random seconds and overstock, and which is what they are already. But, like, the worst of the worst of what's already sitting yeah. around Wayfair warehouses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So they do the warehouse. So they go to the warehouse. And the other thing that's stupid is the warehouse is only open, like, certain times. So they, like, yeah. create this, like, forced scarcity. And yeah. maybe it matters in terms of forcing the designers to be more creative, but it has no bearing on the viewer experience. Because they mm -hmm. didn't use that as, like, a plot point. They, like, no. say it at the beginning. And then later they're like, okay, everyone's at the warehouse and no one can find anything. <laughs> There's no, like, countdown to, like, guys, the warehouse is almost open. Yeah. You want to be No ready. one gets any kind of advantage in the warehouse. Like, no. So it, so you, basically the whole edit of the warehouse is, like, people running around and picking something up that already has someone's name next to it and being like, oh, man. Also, like... You're on a reality competition show in the United States. Switch the name tag. <laughs> I had that thought Come on. Too. At one point, this chick like picks up some other chick's name tag, and she's like, Ugh. and she puts the name tag back down. And I was like, what if you just like uh -huh. threw the name tag? <laughs> like, have none of you people ever watched Chopped? <laughs> Oops! It fell. <laughs> the wind blew. <laughs> Amateur hour. Yeah. Yeah. So, the the shopping happens, like, kind of in tandem with their other stuff, but there's, like, some drama with refinishing the furniture items that they choose to refinish. Yep. Like, they're doing that to different degrees. There's one woman who ordered wallpaper, and it won't get there in time. Yep. And she's very distressed about her wallpaper situation. I have questions about that, because I didn't get the sense that there was any outside sourcing. 
and I was really confused <laughs> about like where like where was she ordering the wallpaper from and just like what happened why did no other person outside source anything that we know of yeah except for the except one for the wallpaper, one wallpaper check and we're gonna spend time with the wallpaper check <laughs> oh, God. what a disaster okay um is there anything we need to talk about before we get to the second challenge? No, because the whole the whole rest of the first day is just, like, <clears throat> them going in and moving furniture around and being like, ew, and being stressed <laughs> about time. And that's it. And then we get to the second day. And this is when... It, this is when... <laughs> this is when I screamed. <laughs> this is when I got my first real flag. Mm-hmm. So, on the second day, they're all, like, in their tiny houses in the morning, and they're all drinking their craft services coffee, and, like, they're all talking about how it's going to be so great because it's their only full day of work, and they're going to, they have so much to get done, and blah, blah, blah. And then one of them gets a text message, and then they all get a text <laughs> message, and he, this one guy, the first one who gets the message, pulls his phone out, and he's like, oh, they can just text us. And it's from the host... And the host <laughs> is texting everybody to say that they all have to drop their paintbrushes and go to the pavilion or, like, whatever. Whatever their open space yep. gathering place is. So they go. They all arrive. And it is announced... Well, no. First, they're introduced to the rest of the judges, which was, like, sure. So we get the sure. parade of additional judges. And then it's announced... <laughs> That there will be a mini challenge, basically, that is going to take place over the course of the next two hours on top of the existing challenge. And the spirit of this challenge is that as an HGTV host, it's very important to have your own brand. (laughs) You have to have your own brand and you have to be able to sell that brand on social media. in order to show the judges that you are good at social media you have to create a social media video showcasing your brand and it has to be posted on your social media channel in the next two hours which i also have questions about they didn't post it to their social media channel like that doesn't make any sense from like a spoilers perspective like you're under embargo the whole time no (laughs) anyway um and then they're like go so then everybody like runs back to their (laughs) tiny house and has to now create like essentially a tiktok video about their brand and thus we commence like a whole third of the episode (laughs) that's basically taking place in a circle of hell (laughs) so hey hgtv like (laughs) obviously if the premise of design star is that someone who wins gets a tv show and becomes an HGTV personality, there are ways to evaluate whether or not they would fit the job description without literally 
making it criteria for the competition. No one wants to see how the sausage sausage gets made. Like, no one asked for this. Also, in what world are HGTV hosts curating 100% of the content on their social media channels? Right. Like, we all follow Christina, formerly El Musa, <laughs> formerly Anstead, currently Hack. We all. <laughs> okay, I follow Christina. <laughs> and her show is not curated. She's getting influencer deals because she has a show on HGTV, not because she's so successful at showcasing her brand. And the only stuff that is showcasing her brand on her channel are the packages that come directly from HGTV. Also, half of these people in their long-ass intros said that they knew each other from Instagram. So clearly they already cast Instagram influencers. Why are we doing this? But on the flip side, they cast this one guy who has been an interior designer for, like, 30 years and doesn't use social media. So it's like... Is this a design competition or is this a social media competition? There are different skill sets. And, like, sometimes you get a good designer who is good at social media, I guess. But that's hardly a prerequisite to being a good television host. Correct. You should hire someone. The Strawbridges are terrible at social media, but they're one of yep. the biggest shows on whatever the fuck channel they're on right now. <laughs> they're yes. also on HGTV. They are also on HGTV. They're not out there showcasing their brand. <laughs> no. And frankly, all of these people have the same brand, but this is not <laughs> the place to have that conversation. Also, this is maybe skipping ahead a little bit because... <laughs> Is that they spend, they being the judges, spend so much time talking about how you have to, like, showcase your brand and, like, tell your brand story. But they never explain to the audience what that means, what that would look like in practice. They never explain, like, how that fits into the broader landscape at HGTV. If the whole point, because they say at one point that, like, it's about finding the right fit for the HGTV family. It's like, okay, but, like... I don't I don't sit in the marketing rooms with the execs. Right. Like I'm not looking at the decks all day long. I don't know. I'm right. just somebody who likes looking at shiny things in pretty rooms that I'll never get to own. So you yeah. need to tell me what it means for somebody to showcase their brand or tell their brand story. So like we'll get into this at the end of the first challenge, but they go in and they're looking at people's rooms and they're like walking around in circles being like I just don't really, like, see your brand. And it's like, but, but like, this guy clearly has, like, a style. Mm-hmm. So are you telling me, the layperson, that, like, what does this mean? What are you telling me right now? I can tell you right now, out of the three, there were three judges, right? Yes. I know one of their brands loosely. Which one? Because I didn't really know. I mean, I know... The blonde chick who has an HGTV show. I don't really... I mean, I, I know her career. I don't know that I know her brand. Yeah. I mean, I know, like, what her deal is, I guess. Yeah. Like, her HGTV deal. Yeah. But, like, I, you're right. They give no explanation or parameter. I think it's fair in this type of show to say you should be able to articulate what your style is, your interior design style is. I think making the contestant tell the story about what they bring to their design is a reasonable expectation. Yeah. 
but no one asked for like fake social media production to be part of Design Star or anything. No. And then so they all go off and make their little videos and 90% of them are people with their phones up being like, hi, I'm whoever, and I'm painting a mural in my room on Design Star, and I hope you'll <laughs> like my brand. And that's, like, the whole video. <laughs> it's too real. I do, like, I really felt for the older guy who was like, I know. I, he, it seemed like he didn't come here to do this. No. He came there to be a legitimate designer. Like, he came Mm -hmm. there to, like, have design expertise and, like, have a show where he gets to do design. Right. He came here to do this, like, old school. Yeah. And he seems genuinely interesting. Like, of of all the contestants, there were only three who I felt like had any real charisma. Yeah. And he was one of them. And I liked his design the best. Yeah. And he won. And he won Spoiler. the challenge, which is bullshit. <laughs> not that he yeah. won, but that that he is not the person who's supposed to be successful within the yeah. framework that they've built for the whole thing. Which yeah. brings me back to the other thing that pissed me off is that they have this one chick who wins the social media challenge because she does this like really snappy TikTok where it's like yep. fast cuts and little text and all the trendy, yeah. I don't, whatever. <laughs> I don't even do TikTok, so I don't know. But I know it looks like what TikTok videos are supposed to look like. Yeah. And they're just like, wow, wow, her video is just like so amazing. And she comes right out the gate very clearly articulating her style, which is like your grandma, but Pablo Escobar's mansion. Yeah. Her words, which to me is an extremely vivid expression of your brand. Yeah. I know exactly what she's talking about. And she delivers it. And she delivers the fuck out of it. And they walk in there and are straight up like, this is ugly. And it's like, okay, that so do you... so angry. Do you want her to be good at social media, good at expressing herself, and able to deliver exactly what she tells you? Or do you want it to look a specific way? Not even, right. like, look good, but, like, look a specific way. Yeah. Like, was her design something I want in my house? No. Was it exactly what she pitched? Yes. And honestly, it wasn't even the ugliest room on offer. (laughs) I'm scrolling down to look at hers again. And it really was not... Again, it's I wouldn't have it in my house, but it wasn't bad. No. (sighs) Yeah, like, she has... It's very Golden Girls. Like, she has a clientele. Yeah, she does. Good for her. And they live in New York or LA. Yes. And that's fine. Yes. (laughs) But, like, it was also just, like... They all sat, the judges all sat and watched all these fake social media videos, and they just tore them apart, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't nice. Not that they needed to be nice, but, like... But you kind of needed to be nice. There have been so many iterations of this type of show that have been made nice, especially recently, that, like, why not? Why not? Why? Like, I don't know why you... They're also trying to judge these videos against some criteria as if they're, like, organic content when they very clearly are not. Right. Like, like, it, there's nothing about it that's not frustrating. Like, one person did a time lapse and they were like, this is so good. This is so, like, eye-catching. This is so, like, whatever. And it's like, so if you want your people to do a time lapse of their designs, then tell them that. Right. 
There's also the argument to be made that it's another example of trying to delegitimize this as a profession. Yes, I think that's also fair. Because, like, these people have a profession mm-hmm. of being an interior designer. They don't also need to have a skill set in doing this. Like, there's Correct. no reason for it. Correct. If um, they want to be a TV host, yes, they should be able to do well on TV. But that's the point of the show. It's one right. big audition. Right. And having camera presence is different than being able to, like, film and edit an Instagram yeah. video. Which is also different than being able to take a nice picture for Instagram. Correct. <laughs> like, all of these things are not the same. They're not the same. And it was, it like, I had Kelsey's immediate reaction to it because it was, like, every every minute that we waited further into this challenge, I, like, got fucking hives. Yes. Who said this was a good idea? <laughs> like, the guy who, um, the older guy who has no social media experience, said up front, like, this is my first video. And I thought his video was very charming. Yeah. And the whole time, their judges are going, this is so awkward. Like, yeah. they're all fucking awkward. Like, who do you think you are? Right. This is a fake video. It's yeah. N- like, what, <laughs> what do you want? Yeah. <sighs> so it was pretty hard. <laughs> it was very difficult to watch the second half because that's that's at the end of the first half of the episode is the challenge yeah. and they announce yeah. the winners they announce who's safe and and that was brutal and then yeah. it was like we still had to come back and watch more renovation get more judging more reveals and then go through more elimination stuff and it was like I I can't fucking trust you people like you have no credibility with me as judges or as a screening system no this is you're supposed to walk into a reality tv show and feel like you're in the middle of a grand meritocracy yeah and i do not feel that at all Mm -mm. no no so should we talk about the second round of judging and the yeah let's get there debacle that that was yeah, because we're going to yell again. <laughs> so, the way the judging works is that everyone's in their little separate house, and then the judges stop by to, like, review it. And because the challenge was to show your brand, they specifically ask them to, again, articulate the brand that they've already articulated in the video and in their intro. I think it's really just a challenge for the show itself to see how many times they can insert the word brand. Brand. And if they, you know how, like, English speakers, when they speak to non-English speakers, will just speak, like, really slowly and really loud? Mm-hmm. I feel like just repeating the word brand <laughs> over and over again is the show's way of talking to the audience who may or may not know what, like, branding is in a professional environment. Yep. And so yep. they're just like, if I just talk about brand... <laughs> Every four Brand. seconds, then you'll Brand. feel like you're part of it. Yeah. 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 So, um, do you have, like, a link with all the houses? Like, do you want to mm-hmm. go that far? Uh-huh. I do not. Please hold. I have many tabs. <laughs> Only one of them has been useful, and it's this one that has all the pictures of all the houses. Great, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> um, so there's a couple that, like, stand out. 
from the get-go. Um, there's a guy who makes one that's, like, pr- gray colors. Um, is that... It's one of the last ones. Um, I don't know why I'm going in that order. It's just the first one I thought of. It's, like, kind of oh, modern this isn't all of them. This is only, like, half of them. Mm-hmm. And then, um... Yeah, there's a couple in this, like, gray aesthetic with wood tones. Yeah, the, and... like, moody gray thing is really in. Mm-hmm. Um, the three that I really liked were Chris, who is the older guy from Arkansas. Yeah. He did a cool thing with the archway. Very cool. So he built an archway to divide the living room and the kitchen, and the kitchen, and the dining room. Mm-hmm. And he does this, like, navy blue slate color on the walls and he does a orangey tone on the archway mm-hmm. and it's got these like angular pieces to it so it looks like it's um it almost looks like it's like like a foil paper situation like when you look at it or something yeah yeah and he does like um like orangey furniture with yellow mm-hmm. and white accents and tons of houseplants and copper and it's just like moody and beautiful then he has he actually backs it up well like he t- talks about how he made up a client for it yeah and had a whole story and like it he i mean he does a great job it if was I compelling was HGTV, as hell. I'd be like yes you win design star. <laughs> you win design star. Let's do it. And you know they are not going to hire him, and it makes me so sad. Yeah, I, if he doesn't fucking win, I will riot. He won't. Um, but I liked him. I liked Carmian. Carmian. Mm-hmm. Carmian. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Um. At one point, one of the judges does call her Carmen, and I was like, "Well, they they should have reshot that one." Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> but she. It's also in that moody wood tone thing. Yep. And I liked that. She then... introduced me to a new color. Oh, yeah? Oh, her, like, signature color. Yeah, and it was... What's it called? Sherman Williams color, and I looked it up. Urban it bronze. Urban. Yep. And it's cool because it kind of transitions from, like... It's not a blue gray, it's like a warmer gray. Mm-hmm. And I was I have a very dark gray kitchen. <laughs> Fun fact that I did not choose the color of and I was thinking like how much improved it would be while kind of keeping the aesthetic by just changing it to this type of a gray. And she said which you can see, I'm looking at it now on Google and you can see it in even the pictures online, but she said yeah. part of the reason she likes it so much is it's very chameleon like. So depending mm-hmm. on the lighting and the room itself, um, it looks very different. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. And then there's another guy whose name I can't find, but he's also really into the grays, and I was a big fan of his whole vibe. Where is he? The one with the wooden thing on the back? Eli? No, not Eli. Okay. I could do without Eli. He, I mean, yeah. he seems like a nice enough guy. He's from Colorado, um, don't you know? And <laughs> and he seems like a very talented builder. I would not watch a television show hosted by him. No. No. Um, you, we can keep going while I look for this name. It doesn't matter. Um, so, the, yeah, I think those are our favorites. There was the Grandma Pablo Escobar 
house. Yep. And that was the one where the judges walked in and, like, decidedly said this was ugly. Which, which was, was so unfair. Alarming to me. Yeah, because, like, design is subjective. Yes. <laughs> and it's hard for them to just say this is bad without, or this is ugly, without giving a reason because they she fulfilled the brief. Yes, she for sure did. Um, actually, Carmion said that because all the contestants are watching the reveals on TV mm. in like the pavilion, yeah. and they're showing their reactions after the judge tells the contestant that it's ugly. And Carmion's like, she showed them who she is. Yeah. And her point is basically like, you are being unfair. Right. Like, what more could she do? <laughs> what else could she do for you? Justin. That was the other guy I liked. But he, his room was a lot like Carmion's. Yes. Okay, that's like, the one I was thinking of at first. Yeah. He's also great. He seems yeah. really nice and like a very genuine down-to-earth kind of person. He also made a perfectly decent video about like how he was refinishing a chair from the old room. I loved his video. And they were like, it was bad. They were like, uh, you did a lot of time sanding your chair. Like, we know you can sand a chair. Like, okay, but Carmion did a time-lapse painting a mural, and you told her that was great. So... I I just got the sense that all the judges were on the offensive for no reason. Like, yeah. what, what are you trying to prove? Just be nice. Also, you're the Again, judges. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, are you competing with these people? <laughs> I don't understand. And then so... Should we get to the pink rooms? Yes, let's talk about the pink rooms, because this pissed me off. So, there is one contestant who is also a drag queen. Which I loved. Yeah. And I so loved he... him. My only criticism of the drag queen thing is I do feel like he was leaning on that to be, like, his yeah. main qualifier. Which is fine. Like, I loved his drag queen personality, but I, like, I think he has more talent then he was, like, ready to reveal in this episode. Yeah. Agreed. I think he he went in hard. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, so you meet him and he articulates, like, several times what his brand is, which is still, like, a little bit mysterious. Like, his brand is androgynous. Yes. He doesn't believe which, room should have gender. Yeah. Which, if that's what your brand is, like, you've said it several times, you clearly have a vision of it, that's great. Yep. And so then he designs this room in this, like, blush pink tone and a dark, dark gray. And it's not for me. It's a little, like, dusty. Mm-hmm. But it's fine. I don't know that I understood exactly what he was going for, making a pink room and saying it. Well, I guess I do. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So that's fair. But it's got but, some, like, bold graphic elements. Like, he paints half yeah. of, or not even half, it's asymmetrical, but he paints part of the room, like, a stark line of gray. And that side of the room is, like, all contrasts. And the other side is, like, a softer pink and gray. And, like, yeah. he's clearly doing design. Like, he's playing with textures and colors yeah. and doing bold, straight lines and, like... He's he's not doing nothing. No, I saw people do less. Let's yes. put it that. Yes, yes. And so he 
shows up to do the like judging portion in drag and i feel like i don't know if that was a good or bad choice on his part but i kind of love it because i think this was another thing that pissed me off about reiterating brands so much is like so his drag persona is a a laura uh, chateau which i can't say all those syllables together (laughs) because i can't speak um but like he he says like drag is a big part of him and he brings that energy to his design and so showing up as yeah alora chateau is like i think that's the statement of his brand and so they well you go she definitely fit aesthetically she in did. the room which was great the room did make more sense when she was standing in it yeah yeah but this was when i was really like this is not a nice show yes. is they asked him to, what his brand was and for whatever reason <laughs> Alora Chateau could not yeah, she gather the words in that moment. And I don't think it's because he didn't know what he wanted no. to express because he did it in all his talking heads. Right. I think just something about that moment, like anybody can choke when they're being filmed. Yeah. That's what, bl- like they make blooper reels. They make entire yeah. DVDs in box sets that yep. are just actors choking. Yep. And rather than like cut this in a way that was kind they let it linger for yep. a very long time and included all the stammering of like oh i know this just give me another minute like what they needed to do was turn the cameras off let him catch his breath and then tr- do another shoot or like if this were fake off let's just go back to that example a Melora Sue would come over and say something like, don't worry about the cameras, you're fine, like, you can do this. Yeah. And they would have kept, and it would have been fine. Yeah. But yet they do that, and then the judge, who's, like, the bigger dick here, um, whatever his name is, Jonathan Adler, he's a dick. He sucks, Um, I hate him. He just, like, berates him for not being able to spit out his brand. And if I'm an HGTV, HGTV producer, (laughs) like, Sure, I'm going to take this moment and be like, maybe this is not the person we should choose to send through all the way in this competition. Doesn't have to be done on camera. Yep. Doesn't have to be done this way. It does not. It was just, it was so yucky. Also, him not being able to spit out a couple buzzwords in that moment has nothing to do with whether or not he will be a good host. Also true. But, like... Honestly, what does the network look for in a host? Somebody who will keep an audience. Mm -hmm. And this kid is cute. He's, like, Mm -hmm. cute and bubbly and fun. And, like, Alora Chateau is super fun. And, like, Mm -hmm. there's so much stuff you can do with somebody like that. Mm -hmm. He has potential. And I think it's Mm -hmm. fucking rude of them to make it all about whether or not you can articulate your brand. Yeah. I don't tune into HGTV and hotel rooms because I want Joanna Gaines to stand in front of me and talk to me about her shiplap brand. Right. No one wants that. Nobody wants that. No one has ever, 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 ever wanted that. (laughs) Tell that to 2017. Dear God. The day that I realized that you could buy shiplap at Home Depot was the day that, like, I wanted to give up on all home improvement (laughs) television. I was like, it's over. It's gone too far. The yeah. elves have gone too far. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> he 
also, he finds this, like, massive chair that has, like, an eight-foot back on it, so that's what mm-hmm. he decide, decides to repurpose. Yep. And it was the only bold choice anybody made in repurposing something from the house, and they ridiculed him for it. They were yeah. like, I don't really understand what you're going for with the chair. And it's like, he's going for repurposing a piece of furniture, <laughs> which you told him to do. So Right. I mean... So this was the first injustice in the pink and gray saga. Yes. Because then they go to another guy's room and he's also done pink and gray. And it's certainly a different shade of pink, different shade of gray. So it's Eli's room. Before we get there, Jonathan Adler makes a blanket statement in the other guy's room and says, I hate pink and gray together. Yep. Which... That's okay. You can hate that color combination and say that as a judge. I think that's okay as long as you can still articulate things that are beyond the pink and gray scheme of it all. Yeah. I can say on Bake Off, if I were a judge, that I hate pecans or whatever, but like I'll still eat your pecan pie. Yeah, I, you're, as a judge, you're still supposed to be able to talk about the technical elements, not the taste-specific elements. So he fails in that regard. So then he goes to another room that has pink and gray. And he's like, I really like this use of pink and gray. You know, the last one was really sad. But this one's, this one's great. What? Made me so mad. So mad. And the other guy um, was watching it, obviously, because they're all watching. And he was just like, that is shady. Yep. And Just the true. contestants were all really supportive of him when he was watching those comments, which it was yeah. nice to see the all of the contestants being supportive. But I wish that that had been more of the culture of the show. Because right. it feels shitty. It was just yucky, and there's no reason for it. There's no good reason for it. It doesn't make me relate to the judges or the challenge at all. No. Also, I don't like this room as much. It's fine. It's just like, it looks like it could be any all-modern ad. I didn't like either of them, to be honest, but... I I mean, neither of them are my taste, but I at least feel like if you're talking about, like, elements of design, there's, like, some quirky shit going on in Tony's. I liked the other one better. I like that, like, wood wall piece that they put in and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, um, anyway, should we talk about the color room? Which one was that? The multicolored disaster with the wallpaper lady. Oh, yes. The wallpaper lady. This was tough. This this was where this is, I think, where we're going to reach the pinnacle of the show is too mean for no good reason. Yeah. Yeah. So. Marisa. Mm-hmm. She couldn't get her wallpaper. No. And it kind of put her in a tailspin. And she had to she had to come up with a last minute plan. And then they dumped the social media challenge on her. Yep. And she was mad about it. And and I will put this back on her. She says in one of her talking heads, like, the social media challenge isn't important to me. I have bigger things to deal with. And then she realizes she has like five minutes to do it. So she, like, pulls out her phone and starts recording a video where she's like, I couldn't get my wallpaper, and it was a big (laughs) bummer. And then the judge is called time, and she has to end the video. Yeah. (laughs) Which was like, someone doesn't know how to play reality TV. Yeah. Um, 
And then she has to do the rest of her room. And she it, also chooses not to repurpose anything. Yeah, she repurposes a curtain rod. <laughs> which it felt like it felt like two things. It felt like in Chopped when they use like an ingredient from the basket as a garnish. Mm-hmm. As if Chopped hasn't been going on for 45 seasons and you should know better by now. <laughs> and it it did feel a little bit like an attitude problem. Like for some reason it didn't feel like her heart was really in it. Yeah. Which I just think is interesting. Like I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to know what like her inner life was like during the filming of the show. Yeah. Because it's hard to imagine that you go to the effort of being there. Right. And then you get there and just, like, give up. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, and her room is, like, this color explosion, but not necessarily in a way that has any cohesion. No. There's also some, like, I'm looking at one picture where it shows a corner where, like, one wall has an edge that ends, like six inches Mm -hmm. higher than an edge from another corner. So there's, Mm -hmm. like, on top of it not being cohesive in terms of color, there's just some, like, aesthetic issues. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But interestingly, they were kinder to her in some aspects of the judging than they were to other people, where they basically said to her, like, we can tell you have a clientele. Yeah. It's just, like, not us. Yeah. Which is, like, more grace than they gave to other contestants. <laughs> True. Um, so, then we get to the elimination ceremony. And they start by telling you the three people that are safe from elimination and choosing a winner. Which, the winner was correct. Yes, it was Chris, who was the older guy. <laughs> But it also felt like there were so many middlers that I was like, this is Design Star? Okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's week one, whatever, but... Well, so, I can't I can't remember if I've had a chance to tell you this yet, but I... Maybe it came up when we were watching Sewing Bee, because that was the last reality show we watched. But I decided that, henceforth, nobody should ever be allowed to be eliminated in the first episode of a reality show. I, because I think it's anticlimactic as hell to spend all the time getting introduced to all the contestants and then send them home after one challenge. Like, anybody can have a rough start. I think you need to get to the second episode before you can say that somebody has established a pattern of not showing that they're really fit for the competition. So I have great news for you. Junior Bake Off does not eliminate anyone in the first episode. <laughs> See, doesn't it make so much more sense? It's for the children's well-being, but... But, like, everybody would benefit from that. I feel like episode one should be about, like, getting a feel for everybody, letting them see, or letting the judges see what that person is yeah. all about. And, like, because you have to get to know, especially in this environment where the whole thing yeah. is about telling your brand story, like, you have to get to know somebody. You have to watch them work. Yeah. To know what they're trying to convey to then judge whether or not they're doing it effectively. Counterpoint is that there's been phases of auditions to get to this point. Yeah, but I don't care about the back end stuff. I <laughs> care about my experience as a viewer. That's fair. Because the whole point of the show is for me to get to know everybody. That's and fair. to, like, in theory, 
I'm talking about the judges getting to know people and work through that process, but, like, I'm wanting to watch the judges go through all of that, yeah. which means, like, I need the time to get into the contestant's head and the judge's head. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to get to know everybody and yeah. figure them out. We also watched a Top Chef season recently that did a, like, an initial heat before the start of the season to onboard people. So, like, out of 40 people, 30 got on or something. So Mm -hmm. it was, like, it's kind of a hybrid of that. Yeah. I'm interested in that. Like, I like the idea of just giving them a chance to get their feet wet and let everybody get Mm -hmm. to know each other. There could be a winner. Yeah, you can still have a winner. You can still give them advantages. You can still put someone at a disadvantage if you want. Like, you can still add in the stakes. But, like, why do we have to send somebody home the first week? Yeah, I I agree. I feel like it builds in this attitude for me, at least, where the first two episodes or so, I don't even bother remembering who's there. Yeah. Because there's going to be somebody whose work I don't even see enough of to internalize. Yeah. So, yeah, so we have a winner, and then we talk about the three people who are in danger of going home. And... I hate this so much, I'm so mad. They give summed-up feedback to those three people, and then they say, okay, here's our last twist. The way that you're gonna find out that you're eliminated is that you have to walk silently back to your home your little design home and you try the door it makes me so uncomfortable if it opens you're safe and if it doesn't open you have to stand there awkwardly and look around (laughs) and assume that you're not coming back for the next episode and then only then does everyone like come up behind you up like literally crawl out of the woodwork (laughs) From, like, 25 (gasps) feet away from each other because it's COVID. So they form a big (laughs) radius and they just all sort of walk up towards you. And nobody can hug you. But they're all going to stand there supportively? Like, no one really cares because they just met you. (laughs) And also, they were all standing over there 20 minutes ago. And then some producer was like, okay, they tried the door. You can come over now. (laughs) It is the most gratuitous and unnecessary device I've ever seen, probably. Also, can I just say as a viewer, it's not fun to watch, both because it feels icky, but also because logistically, (laughs) they have to film the three people walking towards the tiny house. They have to film them each walking up their doorstep and reaching for the doorknob. (laughs) And then they have to reveal which ones can get inside. So then they show two of them getting inside, and then they show the third one, and you're like, well, she can't get inside. And then she opens the door, and then she turns, or she can't open the door, and she just turns around and looks at the camera and is like, shrug emoji. It's it's so awkward. Like, that, it's not even, like, it's not fun to watch. It doesn't build any suspense. It's just like... No, and then you have the people who walk in, they've got, like, a cameraman planted inside to show them being like oh, I guess I made it, okay. Like, it's awkward. And then they just stand in their room. No one tells them. Like, no producer was like, hey, here's how you should act. Here's how you should be in whatever scenario. No. There's no coaching. There's no coaching. There's no plan. 
clearly no. like somebody somebody in a boardroom pitched this and someone was like yes i love it run with it it's new it's fresh it's great and then they filmed it and some dumb editor was stuck with it and was like <laughs> help it had another like 10 minutes of it no one asked for <laughs> one i've never wanted to watch people open that many doors also it's the judge's responsibility to tell someone that they have to go home, in my yes. opinion. Yes, yes. If you're going to be mean enough to, like, crush someone's dreams, you have to own it. Yeah, and I if feel you like have to be standing in their tiny room saying your room is ugly. Yes. Then you also have to take the hit. Yes. Yep. And it just seems like a cop-out to be like, oh, the door will tell you. It's such bullshit. (laughs) It's so stupid. It's so unbelievably goddamn stupid. And it's poor, spoiler alert, Marisa. And she, like, takes this deep breath and tries to open it, and it's locked, and she's like, oh, no. And then she just, like, turns around and looks at the camera and is like... It's so uncomfortable. It's locked. (laughs) And then everybody, like we said, like, comes out of the woodwork and, like, stands around her doorstep while she's still standing there in front of this locked room. And then a judge, like, walks to the front of the line and is like, sorry, you're going home. She's like, yeah. You just weren't good enough. What? (sighs) I hated it. I hated it. It was so, like, disingenuous. Like, the whole thing, I just hated it was so shitty and so gratuitous. And like I don't I don't know how to watch reality TV where you like revel in someone's discomfort. Yeah. Maybe at one time I knew how, I don't anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> um but I don't see a read of this that's like building suspense in any way. No. It just is like so stupid and so mean, and I hated it. It's so long that you just sit there watching them walking across the grass and thinking, (laughs) like, "Oh, this I don't. I would never want to get bad news this way." No. It's just it's terrible. It's the worst. If you want to watch an interior design competition show that is far kinder. Watch Interior Design Masters. Oh, what's that? I think we may have talked about it on the podcast at one point. It's a British show. It's on Netflix, I believe. Okay. It's interior design. They it, There's a lot of, like, team projects and individual projects. And they, you know, it's obviously not COVID times. So yeah. It's a little different. But, like, the judging process is kinder and fairer. They often like take the people who are on the verge of going home and ask them like to defend their design and explain what happened and explain their choices and it's like done with so much more compassion (laughs) and it's still like petty like you can still be petty (laughs) you can be petty and kind yeah i don't see like to me this felt a lot like like being in the boardroom when they're looking at audition tapes where you know there's, like, a bunch of execs who know exactly what they're looking for. Yeah. So, like, I feel like I knew or I know that there's one person in that cast that they've already identified. Yeah. But because of reasons, they've decided to make us all watch it. Right. 
But, like, the show hasn't even really defended to me, personally, why I should watch it. So. I honestly went into the show thinking, like, maybe I'll watch this show. I thought it would be fun. How do you and fuck up interior fun. design? How do you make yeah. it not fun to put a bunch of houseplants in, in a room? Right. <laughs> I... I... It astounds me. It was, and I don't remember original design star enough to know whether or not it was nice. I suspect just because of the tradition of American reality TV that there was always an element of being mean. Yeah, but I hope it wasn't like this. I feel like I recall it being very like America's Next Top Model vibes. America's like, Next Top was Model panel... was fucking brutal, though. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of the judging, which is yeah. still fair, but, like, there was, yeah. like, a panel of people who would sit there and not, that's not every show, but in my mind, I remember it being like that and having, like, a rotating judge that would come in and... Which they're gonna do. Yeah. But it's all, like, random HGTV people, I don't know. I just think the most obnoxious thing to me is this idea that whoever they hire has to be, like, plug-and-play in the sense that they have to do all their own marketing, and they have to, like, bring an audience with them, as if there's not—as if the point of a network isn't to find talent and then produce it and market it in such a way that that draws the audience. Right. It's very, like, reverse-engineered, and it's not That's stupid, and I hate that. People can see through it. Yeah. I think. I I mean, I can. I think it's stupid. Mm Because, like, if you wanted to watch a television show with some Instagram, whoever the fuck, you would just watch their Instagram. Yeah. There's plenty of people who I follow on Instagram whose Instagram videos I I like is a strong word, but that I watch to kill the time. I'm not going to sit down and watch a half hour of it with ads in between. Right. Or, like, flip side, I actually really like most of Dream Home Makeover Mm. on Netflix, and their Instagram is insufferable. Oh, most television shows' Instagrams or hosts' Instagrams are awful. Yeah, like, their interior design, like, brand on Instagram is like, please stop talking, I don't ever want to hear from you. But their show is good, and they do a good job of, like, articulating the choices they're making and why they're making them. And it's an aesthetic that I like. Television and and social media are two different platforms with inherently different values. All right. Should we, this is the longest episode we've recorded in like three years. (laughs) Help. We were so, remember that time when we joked, we could do 90 minutes of episode about this. There wasn't wrong. We're so mad. I'm just so... I want to write a letter. We should write a letter. This is our open letter. HGTV, you done goofed. You done goofed? We think you goofed. What a mess. Yeah, please watch, like, any show that is not this show is the takeaway. How do you think we would do in a brand challenge? If someone said to you, Kelsey, what's your brand? Would you be able to, like, showcase your brand? (laughs) Sussex squad. <laughs> Is this episode adequately telling our brand narrative? I mean, yes, actually it is. <laughs> in many ways. <laughs> well, if well, if you got through this whole episode and feel like you know what our brand is or isn't. 
Yeah. <laughs> you can find us over at Hate Watch With Us on Twitter, HateWatchWithUs.com, or HateWatchWithUs at gmail.com. I flipped it on you. You did, but you missed the five-star reviews oh, on Apple yeah. Podcasts. You should leave us, if you listened to this episode and got any vibes about our brand, you should leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell us what you think our brand story is. You should also tell us the height aura mm. that you feel like David Bromstad puts out into the world. We know his real height. We yes. shared that. But what's his height aura? I do think he has a tall height aura. I do too. Yeah, that is that's a man who like is just putting it all out there. Yeah, bringing a big energy. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the tallest interior designer? Who is you know? the tallest interior designer? Actually, that's an interesting question. Okay. Not that she's gonna do that. You you tell I... them the next part. Yeah, I will tell you about other shows you can listen to. Um, if you want to listen to content that is probably not about HGTV design star next generation but is still good content uh, you can find our friends at the Thought Bubble Audio Network um, on Twitter at Thought Bubble FM ThoughtBubbleAudio.com and ThoughtBubbleAudio at gmail.com and you can search for them on whatever podcast platform you're listening to now or you can search for them on Patreon we think <laughs> and you can fund our interior design projects through Patreon. <laughs> I was watching it in my office, which is in my basement. And I was like kind of looking at my space and thinking like, what would they think of my design story <laughs> down here? <laughs> because my design story is what I could buy on a Lowe's gift card that was half cute. Jonathan Adler would come in and be like, this is ugly. Like, what is multifunctional enough that I don't mind spending, like, 50 hours a week down here between work and crafting? <laughs> right. <sighs> I think you did a great job, Kirsty. Thank you. I'm, I'm really... here to support you in your design journey, and the only thing I ask of you now is that you make a brand video. <laughs> I would straight up be like Chris and be like, hello, this is my first time on Instagram. <laughs> I lived for that. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, we will see you next time with something better than this. Yes, star. something better. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.